I kind of skipped that step, you know, where you go from 10Ks, 5Ks in college to uh, maybe road marathons and half marathons. I, I skipped the road marathon and half marathon step and went straight to ultra marathons. Thank you for joining the Fastest Known Podcast, where we are not practicing social distancing. No, we're practicing physical distancing and social connecting. That's right. We talk with some of the more interesting people from all over the world, about who they are, what they're doing in the world of FKTs, and we do it from a distance. And right now I'm speaking with Seth DeMore from Inglewood, Colorado. Welcome, Seth. Thank you, Buzz, for having me and for reaching out and for organizing us uh, athletes around the world to go chase down some crazy FKTs. So appreciate it. Yeah, Seth. Well, crazy. You're. You're. I'm just going to generalize here. Okay. You're a fast guy. So I mean, <laughs> there's, we have some people who just go forever. Some people have done FKTs lasting days. We had Christoph Tuscher. On last year, who did the rim to rim to rim quad? Okay. <laughs> he wow. Went, he went back and forth four times. Wow. Uh, things of that nature. But let's look at you. You just did the Kindle Mountain Run just uh, two weeks ago, and you blazed this puppy. You won it in uh, one hour thirty seven minutes fifty nine seconds. So you're you're quick. I try. I try. I try to be quick, and uh, you know, I think. Knowing, uh, I wanted to mention this, is just knowing what you enjoy. Like that's the beauty of FKTs is there's so many ways to carry out uh, this pursuit, you know, most often in nature. And I think uh, there's, you know, like you said, there's multi-day and, you know, week long. And then there's shorter stuff like I like to do. So that's what I love about FKTs is you can find your niche within the, uh, you know, within the space, and it's very vast, as you are uh, well aware. Excellent. I like that. That's exactly how we look at it as well. Um, last year, you finished second in the Pikes Peak Ascent, 212. 212 is right up there. And at the same time, I'm looking on uh, your overall list. When it gets a little longer, it's a little bit slower for you. So you, you kind of have your sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even why almost two years ago now, attempting attempting a hundred mile race and dropped out at fifty, the Run Rabbit Run up in Steamboat, and it was just a, it was a very humbling experience. And my brother and I, we've both been working on FKTs here in Colorado this summer, and I think we, you know, we both ran in college. Kind of, I know you've interviewed other athletes in the past who ran in college and maybe still have a little bit of leg turnover left uh, to, to give. And so in the, you know, for the foreseeable future, I just, uh, I've, I've decided to hone in more on the, the shorter, you know, still in quotes, but shorter races compared to let's say hundred milers or, you know, even Nolan's 14, my brother and I attempted it about three or four years ago and did not make it. Um, so it's, that's just the beauty of, being humbled in the mountains is there's other opportunities out there. And, uh, so yeah, I, uh, it's fun to, it's fun to, to try new things. Absolutely. And, and this summer it's, it's been all about the 14ers with, uh, no races happening. Right. No races happening indeed. But speaking of races, you were university of Colorado, were you not? 
That's right. I ran for, ran in Boulder, ran for Mark Wetmore, and uh, I was a walk-on. So I wasn't recruited out of high school, but walked on and uh, was able to, you know, hang in there for <laughs> four or five years with some very fast guys and, frankly, uh, future Olympians. So it was a, it was an amazing experience, and uh, Boulder's, a, you know, obviously a great place to get out there and train, which is becoming an even more hot spot these days, it seems like, for summer training. But yeah, so ran in Boulder, ran ran for CU. Well, I'm going to make a quick side note here for those not familiar. Running with the Buffaloes is a must-read book, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. That book actually taught me about the the first chapter or second chapter is about the time trial that they do every year where high schoolers who are not recruited can show up and, you know, race against the best. And if you're fast enough and you beat some of the some of the guys that are already on the team, um, Mark will consider not no guarantees, but consider (laughs) inviting you onto the team. And so that book uh, really taught me that, wow, you can actually walk on to the CU CU team. So, yeah, great book. Uh, Mark Wetmore is an icon. I mean, he's been coaching there forever, NCAA champions, like you say, Olympians up the wazoo. So, yeah. wow, good for you. Uh, but yet, also, if I may, it's pressure. Because what you said yeah. means it's a meritocracy, so you can earn your way on. But once you're on, yeah. <laughs> there's a <laughs> bunch of fast guys clipping at your heels. Yes, all the t- all the time, and new freshmen and sophomores, you know, coming on every year, and they're they're gunning for you, and so yeah, very very competitive. But uh, that's what makes the program great is they keep recruiting uh, really really fast men and women from across the country. So yeah, <laughs> well, Seth, after that, that's pressure and that's speed. I mean, you're you're doing interval training. Yeah, uh, does. Is like Pike's Peak Ascent just cruiser compared with that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a different type of pain. You know, I think I've heard other people talk about it, you know. Oh, my goodness. I mean, between a 100-mile race and a, a 5K on the track, like there's just different level, like different types of pain, whether it's anaerobically or uh, lactic acid building up or just simple fatigue when you're going for hours and hours and hours. And so – um, yeah, like a Pikes Peak Ascent, you're finding that red line and just trying to hold that red line for as, as long as possible. Um, but I must say, I, I, I enjoy, I, I definitely enjoy going up Pikes Peak more so than doing, uh, 800 meter repeats on the track with the, uh, CU, uh, track team and cross country <laughs> team. <laughs> well, this is good. I like it. Yeah. Because I used to, uh, I didn't run in college. I did run in high school. Okay. And we did repeats on the track. Yeah. I think after you've done that, everything else is mellow. Right. <laughs> oh, man. And frankly, just maybe a little more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. It's, it's uh, you know, you spike up and you get ready to rock and roll. And uh, actually, after college, I, I bet a lot of listeners can identify with this that ran in high school or ran in college. But I took... I took four or five years of pretty, you know, hardly any running or just very mellow running, you know, 20, 30 miles a week, just chilling out. And I think a lot of former athletes uh, in college need a break mentally, physically. And uh, again, going back to my brother, he he basically started planting the seed in my mind. This would have been 2015, roughly. 
uh, you know, maybe we should start running again more competitively and especially focusing in on mountain and trail running. And so that was, you know, about five years ago uh, after having taken, yeah, like I said, four or five years off. And sure enough, I think it just allowed me to uh, to recover, but then also to, you know, get that fire back, um, you know, to start chasing down goals and dreams again. So it's it was really a, a great experience at CU, but also, you know, tiring and time to take a break once you graduate. <laughs> I'm glad really glad you came back, Seth, because it's so true. When you're in the pressure cooker and it's very goal oriented, and as soon as the goal is gone, you quit. Yeah. And it took you a while there, five years, to yeah. reform this and, and make those girls' goals internal. So it becomes sure. a life sport. So that's an excellent transition. Not a lot of people made it. I mean, in Boulder, yeah. you know, you could walk into the deli and there's people with gold medals in the closet standing behind. <laughs> yeah. And yet many of them no longer run. Sure, sure. That's kind of funky. Uh, so good for you for getting back on it. Now, so speaking of CU and Olympians and trails, of course, there's the Gauchers. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam was the uh, highlight of the book, Running with the Buffaloes, but his wife, Kara, she got into trail running just a couple of years ago, as you might recall. She yeah. did the Leadville Marathon, and she said she she felt very good about finishing third. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know, an Olympian, you know, I know. She's just getting into it, and I hope she's, you know, I know this year is not a lot of racing, but I'm excited for her. Uh, and Adam, you know, I, I know he's done a little bit of trail running, but, uh, it's just, yeah, you need that break. And then, you know, that fire, that little burning fire is still in you. And it's like, I, I want a little, uh, outlet for my competitive spirit. And so I'm, I'm really happy to see the Gauchers getting into it and doing what, you know, all that they're doing for the running world and, and running community. Uh, but yeah, I was actually there to watch her run the Leadville marathon. It was very cool. Oh, uh, yeah, I, it was it was cool to see her out there. Yeah, wow, great personality and interesting. That's great that you were there, and yeah. what a history here because um, you've done Pikes Peak, of course, uh, one of the most famous trail races, mountain races in the world, which was won many many times by Rick Trujillo, and yes. not a lot of people realize that Rick was a CU recruit. Mm. Yeah. And so uh, turnover is not a bad thing to have. So I think that ultra running, this is a little personal opinion of mine, pardon me. Mm -hmm. I think ultra running has not helped the sport. And I thought that 20 years ago when it came on so strongly is that people want to go long. You know, America, sure. we're Americans. Bigger is better. Big houses, big cars. And then <laughs> in a race, you start to go bigger and longer at the expense of developing good running technique and good running form. Mm -hmm. And you look at people like uh, Tony, Anton Krupichka, you know, he, he was a pretty quick runner. He took it seriously, people like yeah. you. So, and even Trujillo, people didn't realize he was a recruit at CU. He was out, I think he had the, the double A high school mile record for like 30 years or something like that. Yeah. And so I think it's probably helped you too. You got that turnover. You got the power. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think I've seen that trend as well in the last maybe two or three years where ultra runners are maybe reducing their volume of training by 
five to 10%, but add, you know, trying to mix in more, you know, gentle speed work, maybe not spikes on the track, but more turnover, maybe some more plyometrics or, you know, basic running form drills. Um, I just listened to different interviews of, you know, the, the best of the best as far as American ultra runner, ultra runners. And, um, so, and even, you know, speaking of Anton and it's like his, you know, he was running a lot 10 years ago. And, um, it's just interesting to watch the whole evolution of ultra running in the United States and athletes trying to find that again, that right mix of training. Um, because it, you know, it is tempting to just go out and run for six hours, you know, or five hours all the time. And it's like, how much can the body actually handle? Um, so yeah, I'm trying to, and even for me, it's tempted. Like I love just going out for three, four, five hours and I do it occasionally, but I also know it's kind of walking that line and continuing to mix in some speed work as well, even on the track, but even if it's a, a fart lick here in, uh, in Denver and Englewood and, um, and then of course, you know, trying to run fast up, uh, 14ers as well. So, uh, it's, it's a balance. Absolutely. It's a good example. Jim Walmsley, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, as the poster boy for being able to mix it up, I'd say yeah. the best ultra runner in the United States, male or female. Yeah. Um, he just winning and setting course records. And then he el- entered the trials. Yeah. The marathon trials, that is. And he did well. I mean, he yeah. did just fine. I mean, he was right there with Bernard Lagat. I mean, don't I mean, too, you got to give too, him credit for that effort. I, 215 on a very hard course on a windy day. I was there watching it live and like it was 215 for his first road marathon. Like that was his. So he's, he's got, I think he's still got a future even at on the roads and the marathon. I bet he could drop that to 212 or 211 on a fast course. Cause it was a, it was a hilly course. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited for him and absolutely. It's like, you can go out and crush, Western States and then, you know, mix it up and keep this. And I know he is doing, you know, some speed work on the track to get ready for those trials. So, um, I think it's yeah, I think it's smart. And, uh, even, you know, for the FKTs this summer that I've been doing. So I ran my first road marathon last fall as a 34 year old. I kind of skipped that step, you know, where you go from 10 Ks, five Ks in college to, uh, maybe road marathons and half marathons. I, I skipped the road marathon and half marathon step and went straight to ultra marathons. And now I'm, I'm going backward, which is kind of interesting. And I don't know if any of the listeners can relate to that, but I'm going back to, um, so I went over to Amsterdam to try and actually, I was trying to qualify for the Olympic trials. Didn't quite get it, but uh, it was really fun to you know, run fast on the roads and to train, um, you know, do threshold work and really just try and reconnect with some of that faster turnover from college. Um, so yeah, Jim's, uh, Jim's doing well. And I think it's, I just think it's smart. Right. What an interesting example. Wow. I didn't yeah. know you went to Amsterdam, you came up a little short. Well, that's a tough standard. The standard has gotten much more difficult the last few, uh, Olympics. Yeah, I, I, it was my, I, I went out too fast, uh, which happens a lot, I guess, for, uh, first road marathons. I went out in 10650, but finished in 223. So I went out wait. I, I just got too excited. And, uh, but it, it, uh, it was definitely, you know, an eye opener. And I'm, 
I was planning to run another marathon this fall, but obviously with, you know, what's happening with the pandemic, uh, everything's on hold right now, but hopefully, uh, early 2021, we'll get back into it. Not too many people could run a 106.50 half under any circumstance. Yeah. Uh, you got, wow, wow, you got some speed in the bank if you can go out too fast. Uh, I, I think most people are unable to go out too fast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it was, it was humbling those last uh, four miles. <laughs> it got pretty ugly, but it was, it was still a, a good moment to learn, that's for sure. Well, as you mentioned, the 14ers, you got started on FKTs 2018 with Grays and Tories in Colorado, Mountain Beer Stat. Now, Grays and Tories FKT is incredible because it's done by like 100,000 people every summer. I mean, the, the, there's a Congo line going up that. So you, it's yeah. not this obscure little plum far out on the branch that no one else has noticed. These are notable. These are popular. Sure. Yeah, no, I, so uh, getting back to what we were talking about at the beginning, as far as finding your, your niche, but also your passion. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, what you're good at is, you know, a lot of times what you're going to enjoy the most. And so what I have found is I am good at running up mountains and I attempt to be good at running down mountains, you know, the descent, but I'm five, six. And so sometimes I will snag the uh the ascent fkt but i will not get the overall fkt just because you know you got to be a, a good downhill runner which is also another art in the in the mountain running landscape yeah just being confident in running down a mountain is you know i'm getting better at it but it, i'm not saying i'm the best and so yeah i you know the 14ers um i'm a bv kid so i grew up in buena vista uh, and you know I'm from Buena Vista because I pronounce it Buena Vista, not Buena Vista. Puny, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as they sometimes say. That's right. Puny, beauty. And uh, so I was able to snag the uh, the Mount Elbert uh, FKT this summer, which has been on my list for, you know, my bucket list for years and years because it, it was right in my backyard growing up in BV and got it by 30 seconds on the ascent uh, from Sage, Canada. Uh, so I, it was like, that was a, a big one to snag because uh, shout out to Sage because he's an amazing runner and fast runner and strong runner. And, uh, I knew it was a really, really tough time, uh, because I had tried it last year in 2019 and missed it by three minutes. And so that's when I, um, you know, that's why. Uh, so I wanted to go back this year and managed to get it by 30 seconds. And that's, you know, in this year of the pandemic. Um, get, you know, returning to those competitive, that competitive spirit. That's what I love about FKTs is that it allows us to quote unquote race without, you know, being, you know, being on the starting line with other people, uh, knowing that Sage had done it and Anton had done it and all these great runners had done it in the past. So, uh, it's been a fun summer. Absolutely. And definitely going after more. That's the other thing with no races happening. Um, it kind of opens up the calendar, which we're seeing an explosion of, of FKTs this summer because, you know, there's no starting lines. And so there's there's a good opportunity to uh, seize the day, as the saying goes. Right. Well, heck, just this spring, just in the last uh, almost a month and a half, you have FKTs and Grays and Tories. This is 14ers in Colorado, Mount Belford and Mount Oxford. 
Long's Peak, which we'll come back to in a minute. You just mentioned Elbert, which listeners should note is the highest mountain in Colorado, and Chavanel. Elbert mm-hmm. is uh, remarkable because there's a trail to the top. And so it's it's non-technical, but boy, you're getting up there, you know, 14-4, so you're you're working it. Yeah. That was that was red line like I've never redlined before. It was the entire way. And even the first uh, mile and a half is not you well, you climb and then it kind of levels off for a little bit, but we're talking it was a red line effort where you you are just breathing all you're all in and it uh because i knew how hard how fast the time was from sage in 2014 and and then um well you maybe you want to tell the story but what's crazy is the round trip um i tied with anton to the second i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't know if you knew that but um uh, anyway, there's a lot going on on the Mount Elbert FKT scene in 2020. So that was an interesting, uh, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that we had tied for the round trip, uh, in 142.55. So, well, it's, it is amazing. And people should, listeners should go on to the fastest known time.com website and look this up. The way to look this up, by the way, is click on roots in the upper menu bar and then type in the name of the route, in this case, Mount Albert. And then you see the whole bizarre list here, which is Anton did this in 2013, so it stood for, you know, seven years. That's that's solid. And then you tied him to the second. And uh, one day later. Exactly. <laughs> one, and I, I don't know, I don't know Ryan personally, but I, he's been doing some amazing running this summer as well. One day later, well, I'll let you finish, Buzz. <laughs> Three seconds. Yeah. Well, this is, I, now, he outleaned you at the tape. It's amazing, and that's where it gets back to the. By three, so Ryan Phoebus is his name. Everyone, he the next day, and I wish maybe we would have talked and maybe we could have done it together. But the next day, he comes and gets the round trip uh, up and down Elbert by three seconds. Um, but I think I got him by about a minute and a half or two minutes on the way up, and so it kind of gets back to that whole like downhill running technique. It really is an art form to feel confident and to. So it's it's just fun to be able to compare times from different, uh, you know, Anton from seven years ago and to the second. And uh, I, I'll have to talk to him at some point about that. Right, because his ascent time was uh, significantly slower than yours. Yeah. So this is classic stuff. Wow. And this is yeah. showing, if I may also add, a good honor system because yeah. you there's no one there. You know, you yeah. could have you could have you know taken a second off, you know, somehow, and you did not sure. do that. You just did yeah. it. You let that result stand. You tied to the second. So good for you. Very honorable. I appreciate that. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, that's what makes it fun, and that's what yeah, it's the honor system. And and frankly, I love the fact that the next day Ryan beat it by three seconds because it just you know it adds more fuel to the fire for down the road. You know, probably in twenty twenty one we'll. Give it another crack. <laughs> Good. And I'll note that Elbert has a vertical gain of 1,000 feet per mile. Yeah. The bar trail on Pikes Peak, which cranks, you know, goes up there 300 feet per mile. 
So these, sure. So these are different. Uh, the Bard Trail yeah. is almost unique in the world in that it's a very, uh, well, I, I could say moderate. You know, that decomposed granite is very good surface. It's not really muddy. It's mostly not mm -hmm. rocky. And so you can just run that bloody thing all the way to the top. Well, most of the yeah. other 14ers that you've done, eh, they're a little bit more of a crank. Yeah, I'd agree. I would, I, I would agree with that. It's, I mean, I'm just looking at the list right now, and uh, Mount Chavano is pretty, pretty tough in sections, actually rockier than I remembered. Um, and then, of course, Long's Peak, you know, just a, uh, oh my goodness, I, it's, you know, gets it, you know, even a little technical there at the top. So, um, and then you have to go through the boulder field and yeah, but no, Pike's Peak is a very tame trail and um, I'm excited to, to race it again this year. And you beat Anton's time on the ascent of Long's Peak as well. I did. I mean, tip of the cap to all these guys just inspiring me to, uh, frankly, these times, there's no way. And this is where I just like to emphasize patience because two years ago, definitely three years ago, these times seemed impossible. I really, when I was really just starting to get into mountain running and trying to run fast in the mountains, uh, you know, up especially, I just was like, how are these times even physically possible? Uh, so this was, you know, when I was maybe a 32 year old or 30, yeah, 33 year old, but just one year at a time, just that patience game of getting up there more and more, your body adapts and your aerobic capacity, you know, increases and your, your leg strength increases. Absolutely. Uh, so all, all these times just for anyone out there, like they seemed impossible two or three years ago, but you can chase them down. Um, you know, if you're just patient and keep, keep having at it. And so it's been fun to, yeah, like the Long's Peak, uh, another iconic front range mountain that you got to be careful what day you do it on because there are a lot of people up there. Right. Yeah. If you get backed up, it's, uh, not helpful for moving quickly. Yeah, that that is for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> wow, this is fun stuff. I, I really like it when people trade back and forth and get after it. As you start off by saying, Seth, there's this wide range. There's people doing the Appalachian Trail, which yeah. takes uh, you know, 43 days. Um, wow, that's a little different. And then there's charging up Long's Peak, which, like you say, mm -hmm. really popular. I mean, you yeah. get your warm-up uh, just going up to the start line because it's like a half-mile trek from where the last car parked. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep, right there to the ranger station. And, um, man, yeah, it's a good one. And I, I have a feeling some other guys are going to try it this year. So who knows if that time will stand for a year or not. And that's what's so great about the Fastest Known Time website is you just get on and Every, you know, maybe once a month, kind of check in on your times and see who's, you know, attempted again or has, you know, even snagged an FKT from you. And um, like the, well, like the Boulder Skyline Traverse, I mean, oh my goodness, I, I've i given it a go this year and so many others have as well. And I'm excited for that route, which, uh, you know, Jackie was on the team at CU when I was there, um, who I believe you know, Buzz. Jackie who? Uh, Man Manhard, I believe. Oh, she was. Oh, I didn't know that. 
I yeah, oh, she okay. she she ran for CU, and I didn't she help uh, with the Boulder Skyline Traverse? She did, but like you said, five days later, someone broke it. Right, <laughs> and then um, two days later, someone broke that one. So the the Boulder Skyline Traverse was just added. I added it just uh, when was it? Early May, and everyone just jumped on it. <laughs> so that was everyone. fun. Yeah. Everyone was everyone was itching to do something uh, slightly competitive after the uh, the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, <laughs> that's that's really fun to see, and I'm glad we provided the venue that people could put their little marks on the wall. So uh, here's I'm just going to stray here a little bit into two topics. One is you're very good on social media. You have your own YouTube channel, and so I want all the listeners to know that. And that in the show notes, we're going to put your YouTube channel, uh, the URL there, so people can get on it if they want. You have cool. 93,700 subscribers. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh man, well, I appreciate you putting it in the show notes, and it's been fun. I, you know, I've had a video camera since I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, and I've always been passionate about Actually, my dad, who is also a very successful runner, ran Kendall Mountain in the late, 70s and he was a Durango he lived in Durango for a while and uh, he taught me all about photography when I was a kid and so you know I've just uh, decided why not bring the two together running and and videography and put it on YouTube and share so what I do uh, for those that are interested all these FKTs we're talking about I carry a GoPro 8 in my little belt that I have around my waist and you know maybe even up Mount Albert, I think I pulled it out two or three times to film along the way because I, you know, it's fun to run these FKTs. But if I like kind of sh- I, ch- I like to share the experience with others and you know, hopefully inspire others to get out there and, you know, just enjoy the mountains, enjoy nature. Um, so I, I do film these FKTs as best I can. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's growing and I appreciate it. Appreciate everyone that, uh, you know, checks it out. and. And gives it a look. Well, over 93,000 people liked it. So again, that'll be in the written show notes if people want to look that one up. Good for you. And I also noticed that this, I mean, this is really shifting gears a little bit, but it's kind of interesting. The Innovate Graphene Outsole. Yeah. I just kind of sprung that one on you. You didn't have, I didn't alert you that I was going to ask you about this. But for those who don't know, they could, well, they probably should just Google graphene. It's not graphite. This is different. It's a yeah. well, truly a space age material. So, what do you think? I mean, is this does this really have viability? So, for those that don't know, Innovate's a running shoe company over in the UK, and I didn't know about Innovate until last year, two thousand nineteen. And now, what's wild? So, yes, I so Graphene um, Innovate has been working with the University of Manchester over in the UK. Uh, to develop this really, what I think is, it appears, now I'm still testing, um, so what I do on the YouTube channel is I test out running shoes, and man, the graphene outsoles, so the bottom of the shoe, it appears just very, very high build quality and durability for the outsole rubber, and I'm shocked, but through these FKTs that I've done, I've worn innovate more so than Solomon, more so than Hoka, um, because I can test out all these shoes 
I mean, Innovate's um, really amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited about this company. And they just released a shoe, the Innovate Terra Ultra G270, and that's not a paid promotion. I just, uh, I'm I'm enjoying the shoe and I'm testing it out. And um, yeah, so Graphene, it's been it's been fun to uh, to run in this summer up in the uh, 14ers. Is it grippy? Yes, tacky, kind of to the touch that's when you're what, just touching. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. And now I need to still, um, but like, for example, the X Talons is the shoe that I've been, the X Talon uh, 235 is the shoe that I've been wearing because they have an eight millimeter lug depth on the bottom. And it's a little aggressive for most people, but for these like Mount Albert, I, that's what I wore. And man, they just dig into the mountain and just allow like the, you know, really, really good grips. So it's been fun. <laughs> It is fun because graphene, I, like I started off by saying, really is space age. It's one atom thick, which yeah. is a little different. Uh, so it is grippy. So you're liking it on shoes. Um, yep. But, I mean, does it wear off instantly or what do you think? No, no, no. I think from what – so far, I think the durability compared to – some of the Hoka shoes and some of the Solomon shoes that I've been wearing this summer and in 2019, the outsole rubbers holding up better than those two for sure. Um, so, and these new shoes, the G two seventies that were just released uh, last week, they, I need, I'm going to actually take them up to Gray's and Tories tomorrow and just uh, let it rip and, you know, try and tear them up a little bit and see how they do. So I'm a, I'm a believer right now. Wow. I wonder if they could use it in climbing shoes if it's that grippy. Yeah. I know. I mean, just to the touch, like with your fingers, it feels that grip, that tacky feel when you rub your fingers on the on the outsole. Interesting. Well, supposedly the strongest material ever, you know, much stronger than steel. So, well, thanks for the quick personal heads up because I've heard of the material and I only recently heard that Innovate was putting it on the outsole of their shoes. So thanks for your personal results. And if people go onto your YouTube channel, I think they can see a YouTube review. Correct. It is up there. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, Seth, what's your what stands out for you? I mean, is there a single moment? Um, of course, you have four children. That probably stands out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. See you. You're married. Um, but yeah. is there anything that we you just want people to hear that maybe they haven't heard before, whether it's FKT action, racing, or just anything? Hmm. Boy, that is a big. That's a big question. Yeah i I think um, you know. I guess we even what I've talked about already a little bit, but just um, with you know the patience game and in life and in running. Uh, you're not always going to have all the answers as a 22 year old or a 32 year old. Like I, even my wife and I last night, we were talking about how we feel like maybe we're starting to figure out things a little bit. In fact, we might go, you know, buy a, a new, uh, used car in the next couple of days. Cause we're like, you know what? Okay. We're making some progress here financially as a family. And, uh, you know, we've never had a, we haven't updated cars in 10 years. And so I don't know. It's just like, I think with running, with FKT work, with um, even like scouting FKTs and like roots, you know, I actually, <laughs> this is a little embarrassing because I went to see you. I got lost. This is ridiculous. I got lost on the Boulder skyline the first time. I took a wrong turn 
feel like All right. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and you can so I, from the skyline, you can look down and see Folsom Stadium. Yes, I know. It's uh but it's like just back to, you know, I said, okay, didn't get it today. I'll come back next week and try again. And so it's just that uh and I'm always saying on the YouTube channel, like a lot of people listen about training ideas and I tell them, uh, listen, it's an endurance sports. The, the more patient you can be in developing your aerobic system, the more successful you will be long, long term, and even just staying healthy long term. So, um, yeah, that's I guess that'd be my little message is don't rush. Don't rush life. Don't rush uh, through your training and and uh, things will turn out OK. And same with the YouTube channel, like. It's uh, grown in the last year, but that hasn't been the case. I've been doing YouTube for five years, and it, it really just started growing the last year. So, um, yeah, anyway, a little message for everybody. That's excellent. The patience game. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I need to learn that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like you said, you're you're figuring out some of the answers to the questions. And uh, on my end of the spectrum, Seth, I'm just forgetting the questions entirely. <laughs> I can't remember what the question was, but here's one you're final one. You're asking, you. you're asking great questions. Oh, thank you. What is next for South Seth Demore? Hmm. Good question. Good question. Well, as I did mention earlier, I am, you know, at this point we're going to attempt to do the, uh, physically distance. I like how you said that at the beginning, but the physically distanced uh, Pikes Peak Marathon in August. So that's still happening. And uh, I mean, it'll be my first time doing the marathon versus just the ascent of Pikes Peak. Um, so that's ne that's the next, I guess, big race. And it'll, you know, just be fascinating to see how that goes with, you know, everything happening. Will that be, um, a, pardon me, will that be a wave start then? Yes, I believe it's waves of... I think it might even just be waves of 10, I believe. So, wow. oh, that's, um, yeah. yeah. And, um, but then as far as FKTs, um, you know, let's see, I have, uh, Mount Princeton on my bucket list. Cause that literally is right out my front door in, in Buena Vista. That's been on my radar for a while. Um, and then I'd love to get down into the San Juans in Southwest Colorado again. And, maybe snag a, you know, attempt. And I always, you know, you just go down and see what you can do down there. So Mount Princeton, maybe a couple in the San Juans, um, the four pass loop near Aspen right. has been on. Yeah. That's been on my brother and I's radar for a while as well. So, um, yeah, that's a, a little, a little mixture there. Um, it probably go back to the Boulder skyline once it cools off a little bit here on the front range. I'm, I'm thinking, sometime in september for uh, the boulder skyline again yeah or october for that matter yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but four passes that's coming into form because the wildflowers just go bonkers at the end of july yeah absolutely yeah i know that's uh yeah so that's that's probably going to happen sometime this summer excellent seth well thank you for spending a little bit of time with us and listeners can go to the youtube channel It'll be on the show notes and find, wow, you've got a lot on there. You're really getting it done. The GoPro. If you've got the GoPro while you're running down Mount Albert, that's going to be some interesting footage. <laughs> yes. And I have fallen a couple times on these FKTs this summer, but I'm never, it's never happened while I'm filming. So that's good. But, oh, uh, so I yeah. Well, you can you, you, you go to 100,000 subscribers if you did that. Right. I know. What am I doing? A little more action, I guess. <laughs> 
Seth. Well, thank you for uh, having me. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Thank you, Seth. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Buzz.